0: Submit yourself in a moment unreal Deep down below I can almost feel Over enthused, dreaming, acting well yeah. Just hit the snooze like it's Novocaine Put my hand in the fire till I feel
1: All right. So this is Garrett Anderson coming at you live. Uh, what's what's the day today, Ben? July 14th. July 14th. And I've got Ben Anderson here, a fellow uh, Phoenix area musician. And uh, thanks for coming over, man. Good afternoon. All right. So just to give you a little bit of lay of the land, this is uh, my live at you podcast that I do Infrequently, you know, once every week or two weeks or so, and you have the distinguished honor of being the first musician guest. I have had other guests on before, but um, but you're the first musician guest. I'm very honored. All right, sweet. So uh, so yeah. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself,
2: um, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of go from there. Well, I'm a Phoenix-grown singer-songwriter, and um, just started playing a few years ago. I went to ASU and got a degree in kinesiology mm-hmm. and realized that I still had a choice of playing music and that's what I really wanted to do. And that's, I decided at that point to make music my career. No, a kinesiology degree that would get you a job in like sports therapy or something. Exactly. Yeah. Physical therapy occupational therapy it's also you can use it for a pre-med school mm-hmm. bachelor's degree okay and then you so you were you felt yourself at a crossroads Yeah. it sounds like yes i've been playing guitar and doing music since i was 14 and so i've always played in jazz bands throughout high school and whatnot and so the music was always there but didn't it wasn't until i graduated from asu from college i realized i want to try this out as a career mm-hmm yeah
1: Well, uh, were you tempted at all during college or did you know you
2: were going to finish? I knew I was going to finish, but I was always writing and always playing and I played in a a band, a rock band called Sideways 8 and that was always on and off, but it wasn't like full time or anything like that just because we were all focused on our studies.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Makes sense. So now, uh, do, do you do you have a day job at all, or do you make your livelihood off music? I do have a day job. Funnily enough, it's in the kinesiology field. I work at a physical therapy clinic. Okay. Well, that's nice. It's like, it's,
1: it, I'm I'm always uh, I'm always inspired and admire people that work in service fields, like you know, because you're helping people feel better, which I think is very admirable.
2: Yes, yes. It, it it's a good day job. Definitely, it's. People respect you. People listen to you. It's not some retail positions where people just treat you like garbage. Right. It's, it's right. A, I'm very thankful to have a job like that that provides flexibility to do music, but it's a consistent income because we both know Yeah, music's not the most consistent in terms of income.
1: Yeah, and I think that is a, kind of a perfect segue to um, I'm sure we'll find lots of common ground um, in our experiences, I think I'm a little older than you. I'm 33. Yeah, I'm 27. Okay. So I've, I've, I've only got a couple of years on you. And, you know, I, I think we all know that age is, is just a number and experience is kind of what matters. So, uh, yeah. So you've been gigging out. We were just, uh, before we hit the record button, we were talking about how, uh, you know, the, the, the gigs kind of come and go and we were comparing notes at places that we've played together. Um, and I got to see you perform it so far. Um, what was that? Two months ago now? Yeah. It was in April. Still waiting on that video, huh? Yeah.
2: Did you, f- did you follow up with them at all? Yeah. It sounds like they're backlogged a little, little bit. Well yeah. backlogged. Yeah.
1: Having more shows than they can turn around videos for. Yeah. Hmm. It's a cool experience though. What it, was your, what was your, uh, what was your takeaway from that?
2: I really liked it. it. It was a nice house show where people came to listen to original music. It's an excellent platform to express yourself in a way where people are listening Mm -hmm. and receptive to your art because a lot of gigs that we do it's more like background music Mm -hmm. but in this situation we were just able to express ourselves and people were there to listen and absorb it
1: yeah, I really like the group that that wrapped up the, the day, too. So I th- I went first, and then you went, and then...
2: Do the, real, rem- the Real Fits. The Real fit. Yeah, we'll give them a little shout-out. Definitely. The Real Fits are cool. They're nice people, too.
1: Yeah. And I, I just love that... Um, this, so, my uh, foot in the door with SoFar was Jason Roby, who ran sound that day. And I met him at the NARUP Mixer, which was also the first day that I met you. Yes. When we were all over at Focal, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, the noodle joint And for me I, I, I've kind of learned To describe myself as a recovering Do-it-yourselfer <laughs> and I think I could learn a lot from maybe your approach, and I'm curious to to hear about your experiences with, because it seems like you're much more engaged in the community at large, and also willing to pull people in on your projects. And you know, you're you're a strong singer and guitar player, but when I listen to your recordings, I'm hearing all sorts of production, and you've got a couple music videos out, and I'm like, man, what's what's been up to? Like, I gotta I gotta kind of like tap into that vibe a little bit because I'm. You know i'm happy to just create on my own and post something online do my own podcast for fun but you know at some point it's like you know trees falling in in the forest if nobody's there to hear it kind of thing (laughs) and i'm like you know what impact am i having and i'm exaggerating a little bit because i do have you know i I like to to get some feedback from the community uh but you know I, i i'm almost uncomfortable like saying I've got a fan base you know because I'm like, well it's just people that like music that happen to have you know we've we've encountered each other and um it just seems impersonal and and kind of like egotistical to be like I've got a fan base but that, <laughs> that might be my own uh my own hang up about it but yeah so for, like, let's start with um your your recordings and then maybe tell us a little bit about uh the the video experience as well
2: yes yeah, so in 2014
1: I did a ep check your uh check your cable real quick make sure it's still in there okay uh,
2: check okay i'm right here okay yeah. yeah i'll stay close to the i think that cable is just falling out a little okay. bit well in 2014 i did an ep four song ep where it was just guitar and vocals okay which is great for what it is but uh, you know as songwriters as we go we we evolve our songwriting over time and it was one of those. After that, I recorded that EP. I felt like it was time to expand the sound. And Mm -hmm. I knew I couldn't do that on my own. I'm not some guy like Beck where I play like 10 different instruments and able to produce yourself and do all that stuff. I knew that it was a team project and that... um, I need. Sorry about that. No, I should. I should get an official studio here. I'm
1: like here. Hold your table. Your cable together with some like masking tape. <laughs> no, I think. Yeah, that'll
2: that'll be okay. I'll hold, it, I'll hold it right here. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, after recording Roosevelt Row, which is the name of the, the my first EP, I realized that I wanted to expand my sound, and so I was like, I knew I couldn't do it on my own, and during this time simultaneously i was going to shows and networking and meeting people cuz there's a lot of great musicians and a lot of cool people in the phoenix music community. Yeah. And as i'm discovering. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's it's always a good time to go out and check out new music and it, it it's it's win-win because you get to see them play, but also you get to pick up like inspirational, you know, musical ideas too. It's it's, you know, it's self-serving as well. Mhm. <laughs> so so I the beginning of 2015 I had enough songs where I was like okay I want to go in the studio I need to find a studio that compliments me well I need to find someone that's a producer pretty much acts as a not only as an engineer but also can turn songs that are chords on a guitar and melodies from the voice to full production mm-hmm. and so for about three months I went around to like 10-15 different studios around the valley and kind of met the people and did interviews, wrote down questions, Q&A kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. and then I asked them, you know, most of them offered. On a, on a hunt for a producer. Exactly. Okay. I asked around and I met a lot of cool people and a lot of people that are very good. Don't get me wrong. It, a lot of the people that I've met are really awesome producers. But, but, you, but you
1: want it to be discerning. And you f- want
2: to be someone that's f- a fit with me. Find the good chemistry. Exactly.
1: It's like. Uh, Hold on. Uh, let's swap that mic cable out because remember we swapped it over when we, Okay. Hold on. Okay. We'll press pause and we'll be right back. Okay. We're picking right right back up where we left off. Sorry about that technical difficulty. Um, You were talking about finding your
2: producer. Yes. So I went to 10, 15 different studios throughout the Phoenix area and interviewed and talked to each of the owners and the producers of those studios. And I eventually found Electric Lotus Music. And that's a studio owned Cool name, yeah, cool name. That's why I chose it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I and that's owned and operated by Olivier Zom, and the guy just not only did he know his stuff, but he also pushed you mm-hmm. as an artist and a songwriter in a way that I didn't have that encounter before. And I was like, oh, this guy's like wants growth. He wants me to make the best product out there possible what I can do and and he really values pre-production so the songwriting uh-huh. to make sure the song is ready to be recorded to have the instruments laid down to have the production begin it's like the foundation lay down the foundation of a house and then you can build the house right so once I found him and we recorded Where the Lights Go which is my second EP the first one with full production at that point I got like a three, four month interview with the guy, you know what I mean? So I knew how he worked and he's a very strong personality and hard worker. And it was a very beneficial and excellent experience.
1: (laughs) My phone was ringing. Um, (laughs) Olivier? Yeah. Olivier. So were you... um how how did it feel when you, when you first realized that he was going to be pushing you and and challenging the pre oh. pre production and were you how like were you receptive to it or like right off the bat or was I, it I, I was, was a was, challenge
2: I was but it it's not fun seeing songs that are like a piece of you they're like your baby and then sending them to someone else and then they're like okay this section and eh, this could be better and eh, this could be better this is good but right you can change it here and it, and then. They get their hands on it and it's not in a bad way at all, but like, it's totally, if you're not used to that writing with other people, it's like, Oh my God, my song is being disassembled in front of me, you know? Yeah. But it's not, it's, it's, it's like fixing it and, and adding someone else's input in there. And it's like the best of both worlds and you're getting the best out of yourself Exactly. Because
1: somebody's pushing you.
2: Yeah, and, and plus it's like, yeah, they broke down that one part, but it needed to be better, and it's like a rewrite. You just rewrite it. Yeah. And it's just, it pushes you as a songwriter and an artist. Right. And it's, it as I said before, at first it was kind of hard, but then you just, you learn to deal with it and you learn it, it's like, actually it's not that bad
1: and you're going to be better for it Yeah, and exactly. the product is going to be better for it.
2: Yeah. It's for the greater good. I, I have a strong belief that you do what's best for the song mm-hmm. and that cause that's the ultimate art of your self-expression is the song itself. Mm-hmm. You could have excellent guitar playing. You could have excellent vocals, but if the song's not very good, it doesn't matter. Right. The song from the heartbeat out, has to be well put together, mm-hmm. and that's what I firmly believe. And that's why, why I respected and chose Olivier at Electric Lotus Music because he's like pre-production first. Get those songs down. Let's really push it and see what happens. You know, mm. and then from there you can go into the studio and record and lay down instruments and stuff like that.
1: And did he have session players and studio players that he pulled in for you, or were those guys that you that, you know uh, that you had worked with or how how did that all unfold?
2: Yes, uh everyone that he brought in was uh seasoned and experienced mm-hmm. studios players
1: yeah, I'm sure that wasn't cheap. Did you have to invest in, in definitely in, in definitely getting that?
2: uh it it was not Expensive, but it definitely wasn't cheap either. It's not like it's like, hey, it's my buddy, you know. Right. 15 bucks. No. It, right. But it was very reasonable. And they were all professional and they once, you know, they would do the pro, they would do the service and then once it was at a standard that was good for everyone involved, producer, artist, studio mus- musician themselves, that was the point, okay, now I can pay you. You know, once the service was delivered, it wasn't like hourly. It oh, okay. wasn't it was kind of like the project was done, here's the money.
1: Huh. It yeah. was a de- like a deliverable, right? Exactly. Yeah.
2: At a point where it's like okay, this is acceptable. Cool. And so
1: and I imagine but based on what I've heard on on your recordings, uh, you know, the f- the full produced recordings, like that's got to be almost like you know, once you start going down that road, if you just hear yourself with just a guitar and a voice again, you're like, does it, I'm, I mean, I'm, it, like you said, they're all, it's all beautiful and it can all stand on its own. But like the production sounds really good. And it's like, you, yeah. you kind of get that bug where you're like, Ooh, I want to hear horns here or like some layers of pianos or whatever.
2: Absolutely. Opens the door. And some songs, and once again, it's what the song calls for. Mm-hmm. You can't force instruments that don't, aren't necessary some songs it's good to have just a guitar it's like right it's good to have minimal instrumentation in the song if it fits mm-hmm. it's all about the fit mm-hmm. so now uh w- have there been subsequent eps
1: since then or w- what's your philosophy in terms of putting out new music now because I- i've been noticing you you've got a, a good sort of sense of marketing around each song standing on its own as, as well as compilations and, and projects.
2: Absolutely. What's your
1: philosophy there?
2: My philosophy is that we, in order to be successful, you have to tailor yourself to what the market calls for, like the song, you know? So nowadays with social media and stuff, everything's so immediate, it's more beneficial to release singles and EPs instead of full albums. I went to a panel with some of the experts, experts of the music industry, and they said that you record singles, you release singles and EPs to get more fans, and then you do a full album to appeal your current fans. Mm-hmm. So at this point in my career, I'm trying to get new fans. right, And... So I'm working on releasing a song, releasing a single, probably like, you know, a, it's not like all at once. It's more like slow release, mm-hmm. you know, single, a couple months later, single, a mm-hmm. couple months later, single. And then once you have enough singles, you go, okay, EP release. Cool. Yeah. And it's like a combination of the singles that you released, but a couple of maybe additional tracks that weren't there before.
1: I've been noticing that approach with some of my other contemporaries and uh, hip hop buddy of mine named Kenton Dunson. Um, he, he, it's funny. He's like, you know, I got this, I got this album getting ready to drop, but I'm just going to feed you all these singles as we go. Yeah, and right. it's like, okay, cool. Like I'm down for new music. And l- like you said, it's a different format altogether. We're not waiting for a record to come out. And then, consuming 12 songs in one sitting, right? We're, it's available and we've got ADD. So let us know what's (laughs) coming along and, oh, what's Ben Anderson up to? I'll go check it out. Uh, Oh, cool. He's got a new single out. So it's not like, you know, I, I think I've been, maybe hard to be a fan of lately because my, what I've produced is old and I'm just kind of throwing spaghetti on the wall at this point with demos and trying to get into publishing. And so I, you know, I've been probably a tough person to be a fan of because it's like, where where's the new music and where's the finished product? I, I keep giving, you know, I'm put, I'm sort of putting out three quarters finished stuff saying like, here are my ideas, but I'm I'm now I'm starting to get the itch and, and feeling the urge to make sure that I've got something good. to to get out there. So that's cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's very rewarding. It's, you know, it's like anything, especially things that are very meaningful, requires a lot of work, Yeah, but it's worth it. And then at the end you feel so much better. You're like, Oh yes. Mm -hmm. And it feels like it's like done.
1: So do you have songs in the works right now?
2: Yes. So clay pigeon, my most recent single came out June 20th with the music video is the lead single off a new EP. Okay. And the new EP titled Utopia, and it's Y-O-U mm-hmm. Utopia. And it's a EP, it's a kind of like a mini concept album. Cool. About the struggles you encounter, not only as a society, but also within yourself. Because there's a lot of overlap.
1: Like a macro micro exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah.
2: I like that. I'm a, I might steal that for sure. <laughs> but, and so I finished Clay Pigeon, released that with the music video and what i'm gonna do is it's a really
1: cool song thank you i was gonna ask you about it a little bit and you know feel free to use this platform to elaborate on it or, or keep it a mystery and let the song
2: stand on its own however you want to go about it definitely yeah so clay pigeon is the first of three singles with music videos and it's going to be kind of it's going to be one storyline it's going to be You saw in the first music video a disgruntled 9 to 5 employee kind of leading a revolution. And it's a song critiquing gun violence, Mm -hmm. especially in the United States. AK, okay. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, is it's not an anti-gun song. It's a a song criticizing our status with our mental health. Uh. And violence being overly integrated in our culture. It's everywhere. And it's, it's becoming almost something of our identity. And I think that's the root problem with all these instances of violence uh. we have. So Clay Pigeon is serves as social commentary for that. So, as I said, it's going to be... You have the disgruntled Night in the Fiverr and my next single, Goodbye Serenity is going to have a music video like the other all three of them will have music videos and it's going to be one storyline and you're going to see kind of like the beginnings the genesis of that disgruntled nine-to-fiver it's the song is about getting older and losing the innocence of childhood and so what's going to happen is you're going to see this clean slate kid become the disgruntled nine-to-fiver and you're going to see that transition okay
1: in the second one
2: the second, the, the second, second installment video. is like yes. a prequel. Yes. <laughs> nice. Yes. I'm gonna be that that franchise where <laughs> we have the se- the sequels, the prequel. Right. Right. <laughs> so, and before we move on, I do
1: want to say that I think you're you know the nail on the head there it's with the the mental health versus gu- you know guns are a tool. And they can be used for, you know, good or evil. Yeah. Right. And then the, the, the really tricky thing is what's the culture around it? What's our culture around mental health and making sure people are taking care of, you know, taking care of themselves and, and the pervasiveness of violence, it, it makes it, it's at the ready to be a solution instead of something to avoid. You know, yeah. you've got, maybe somebody is saying, well, I don't like my situation the easiest thing for me to latch onto to try to change my situation is violence. Mm-hmm. um and then, you know, the the guns and mental health thing is, is obviously um you know, if you've got the wrong person with the wrong mentality about how to solve something or how to move forward in life, yeah, and they have access to very destructive guns, that can that can be a a bad situation as we as we as we've seen.
2: bad um, combination. Yeah. I, I it's one of those things where I really thought about it and with political songs, especially ones that are really hot button topics, you have to be careful. And by the way, everything I've said, I totally believe in. in the, it's, but in terms of expressing your art, you have to be tasteful mm-hmm. and you cannot cross any lines where it becomes offensive in a way that's tasteless there's getting your point across but if you do it in a very effective way in a way that's very tasteful i feel like that's way more effective than you know being in your face and just being not graceful about it and people are going to turn off Mm -hmm. instead of you know you want them to listen and really think about it and then from there they can decide if they agree or disagree
1: Mm -hmm. you'd be doing yourself and the song and the message a disservice if you didn't sort of couch it in a way that's going to be receivable by someone who might otherwise turn off.
2: Exactly. It's like all that work that you put in is just going to go to waste. Right. It just poisons it.
1: Mm. So did I see, um, I think you posted something on social media where you were giving us a a little hint of um, some of the concepts and some of the mapping for the the next music video. It looked like a fishbone diagram.
2: Yeah, yeah. So that's just a, a basic outline of like the plot of the music video the last few weeks i've been writing down ideas i, ha- I kind of had a basic concept of the the storyline of the second music video but we i went over to olivier's yesterday and we kind of hashed out like a basic outline mm-hmm. and had all these like themes of imagery and stuff like that and mm-hmm. and you know with this was it this song the song's about kind of like losing the innocence of childhood i turned to a lot of like literature um, Catcher in the Rye Lord of the Flies all these novels that are kind of about that Where mm-hmm. they not only do they throw in societal things that are going on Lord of the Flies for example is like war anti-war novel but that it's mainly about children losing their innocence and becoming adults because there's always that one moment in your life it could be loss or it could be whatever where you kind of like this is growing up I'm mm-hmm. growing up
1: right I felt a piece of my childhood innocence pass away exactly. d- just now, yeah. yeah, yeah, that happens, yeah, so one of the things that I think is really cool about how you approach this is that it's multimedia um i I rarely think about the visuals or your know, videos like i i mean i th- I think maybe I've put out one music video and one sort of like self documentary video,, mm-hmm. and they were fun, but I just I haven't really opened up my own capacity to be an artist in that way, and I think is that natural for you, or is that something you you kind of had to um, make some make a priority?
2: It's one of those things where the music it comes from the music mm. in terms of like the ideas. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the song in terms of lyrically is you, you start writing about a song, you're like, okay, what's it about? that's and then from there that's like kind of like the springboard for the rest of the lyrics cuz mm-hmm. you kind of have the basic theme so then once you have the basic theme you have the song you record the song and then you're like okay music video time and that's where you use the theme from the lyrics but also the music itself and you can just start hearing and hearing the music as like a guideline as like a director telling you these themes, you these s- images, it, they they come to you. Right. You, s- you see it with your ears. Exactly. Yeah. Tri- it, trippy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. No foreign substances involved either, <laughs> except for the song. <laughs> <laughs> it's all organic.
1: Exactly. 100% organic. Right on. And then, so, and I, I, I presume that you're enlisting help with folks. Uh, I mean, obviously I saw you had a kind of a, a call to action for folks to be in your music video yeah let alone help you create it you know are are you uh, it, it seems like you've got a really supportive community definitely uh, a, a team to, to kind of like pull that theme from before
2: yeah and I'm, I'm very thankful once again for everyone that's helped out and volunteered their time it's friends family and then people in the music community yeah and
1: one of my favorite things about any music com- community and um i'm finding it here in phoenix as i did in baltimore is that it's very supportive you know it's like, yeah uh, i think maybe that comes with creative folks in general it's like hey we're all building reality one day at a time together mm-hmm. let's help each other out and bring out the best of each other um I, and I, I feel very grateful that i've found music communities as you know it's it's not just your family it's not just your friends it's not just the church group or it's not just your work you know co-workers it it's such a cool cross-section of folks that just chose to engage in an in a artistic community.
2: Yeah, and it, Phoenix is so new that we don't have the established culture like San Francisco, Nashville, Austin, those big music cities. Mm-hmm. So you have to start somewhere. And when I see the music community and when I see events like the music video shoot where all those people came for me, or when I go to a concert it's the mayor it's marinating the culture mm-hmm. it's it's just dis- establishing it and turning it into eventually hopefully something on the same level as Austin Nashville and New York where you have those big cities with very rich culture mm-hmm. and that's what I want th- to happen in Phoenix it, it's begging for it because it's it's gotten so big and it you have all these resources to do it and i think there's enough artistic people here that want to do that it's a call
1: Mm. it's interesting that that you as a local you know a a home home grown and raised phoenician Uh um would have that impression because that was my impression too when i started finally you know i kind of got off my ass and started networking around with the scene i was like is is the scene really this small or is it, this is just my mo- my one little corner of the scene, and I'm sure it's a, a little bit of both, mm-hmm. but i I had the same impression where it was like man there, this is just like a a canvas with a little bit of paint splattered here and there, mm-hmm. but like we have an opportunity to really define the landscape and 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 define the culture here,
2: yeah absolutely and if you think about it, like just even like five five to seven years ago it it's it would have been even less paint on that canvas, yeah. man. Like, this, the emergence of the Crescent Ballroom, Valley Bar, the Rebel Lounge, all those music venues that just have popped up within the last five years have really helped boost and really helped grown the Phoenix music community. Mm. And... Even before that, you know, I was, I've talked to a couple of people that have been here for, you know, 20, 30 years playing music. And they've told me they're like, yeah, you know, there's only there was like Tempe and the Rhythm Room in Central Phoenix. But that was like pretty much it. And mm-hmm. then just like random bar gigs and stuff like that. There wasn't like venues mm. like they are now where they're just, they're just starting to like emerge and grow. Mm. Yeah. Within the last like five to ten years, it's like it's changed night and day.
1: That must be pretty wild to, to to watch unfold.
2: Yeah, yeah. Cool. It's crazy.
1: So yeah, so you've got a couple different projects in the works. You're you're finishing up songs in the studio. You're you're cre- creating music, or are the songs co- are the songs complete.
2: Most of the songs are complete for the EP. Oh, okay. ED? Yeah. You kind
1: of record them at once, but then that that nice gradual trickle of yeah. of releasing them. Yeah, yeah. And, and, okay.
2: it, and then And there's the marketing aspect. It's like the it's I joke and talk about how it's like you have to have both hemispheres of your brain work together. Mm-hmm. Fire and all cylinders coexist because you have their artistic side, but then you have to have your business analytical side and they have to work together like mm-hmm. as one. And mm-hmm. so it's always like a, not, not a struggle, but it's, you know, it's a challenge. It's mm-hmm. like, it's, and so when you write a song, you're like, Oh, I want to, I want to record it and just boom, you know? Cause, but then your business side, it's like, okay, pump the brakes a little bit. Let's mm. do a couple of rewrites, mm-hmm. okay? And then, then you were like, okay. And then you talk to the artistic side again. And you're like, okay, let's start. Let's, now we're back to rewrite. Let's go create again. And so just and that's just songwriting. And then there's the whole marketing aspect where you use social media. And then it's like, okay, be strategic about your releases. You know, okay, we'll do this little preview here. And then a couple weeks later, we'll do another preview. Mm-hmm. And then we'll... Do like a little sneak peek and then we'll release the music video. And so it's like all has a, there's a method to the madness. Mm-hmm.
1: And I feel like that's a good way too to keep yourself on point, you know, like because you're on a, you've sort of scheduled out your marketing. It affords you some time to be creative in the interim, but then you've you've also got deliverables that you're marching towards. And it's like keeping you moving in a direction. You've got something to look forward to, to release. Um, you know versus you know just haphazardly releasing stuff.
2: Yeah, exactly. It it it's <laughs> you know we don't like to be it. You know, music's kind of like the anti-mainstream work community culture. Mm-hmm. You kind of need that to have that structure there. And so it's once again it's the I want to be an artist, but at the same time, I need to make this deadline, (laughs) you know? Right. I want to be an artist, but I need to, I need to deliver this performance here, you know? And that's what motivates you to still create, keep on creating besides loving it, but like in a way where you can be successful at it. And so you need to have both. And
1: if you, if you don't mind, what's your vision of success when you say be successful at it? What, what, uh, what is that for you?
2: Well, to me, success is being able to do music as a career. Mm Mm-hmm. And afford a livelihood with it. Exactly. Right. Like, I'd, people think that being successful in music is making, winning Grammys and making millions of dollars.
1: Selling out stadiums. and Exactly.
2: And that's like, yeah, duh, that's successful. But to me, if you're able to sustain a living, comfortable living, and be able to do what you love, write music, create music, be a songwriter, and that's your full-time job, that's success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not one of those people that needs a lot of stuff. I I just need things that...
1: That you're going to use. Generate.
2: And... Yeah. Keep my keep my passion of writing music alive. Mm-hmm. And that's what matters. Hmm. That, yeah. That's what I want, you know, when, on my headstone. I want that to be there. I want that not not owner of Ferrari. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I want to be guy that wrote songs. Right. You know, did what he loved and... Was a cool dude. Yeah,
1: <laughs> when I first met you at the uh, NARUP mixer, um, I got I got a sense that I was just like Ben is very comfortable in his skin and comfortable in his mission, and I get that sense from you as we're talking too. You're just like, no, there's no like, there's no, there, you don't seem riddled with doubt. On if, if if you go listen back to some of my my a lot of what I do on the podcast is kind of just talk out loud through my own thought processes, uh-huh. trying to coach myself into more positive sort of trains of thought and more constructive trains of thought. Yeah. Um, I launched the podcast as a way to be like, Hey, I need to hold myself accountable. And one of the ways I'm going to do it is talking into a microphone and putting it on the internet and then hopefully, you know, kind of building something from there. And if I make a commitment on the podcast, let's, let's see it through. Um, it, it, it's, it's inspiring to me to, to get to see you, um, And I don't want to elicit doubts from you that aren't there, but it just strikes me as uncanny that you, you don't seem riddled with, with doubts. It's kind of a cliche musician thing to do.
2: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, everyone has doubts, but they're not. My love for music totally surpasses Mm -hmm. those doubts Mm -hmm. and it's just challenges. It's just obstacles you have to deal with. Everyone has them Mm -hmm. with whatever they do. Yeah. Yeah. But I've, keep your eye on the prize exactly and you know i've always wanted to do music it's just one of those things where once i was born i was just like and had conscious thought and i <laughs> yeah. was like okay yeah that's what i want to do
1: yeah you uh <laughs> i was gonna say what do you love about music <laughs> have you seen almost famous
2: oh yeah yeah at the end he's like Woof for starters everything right? yeah. <laughs> right. that's like the ending lines of the movie too yeah. yeah 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 it's a good movie love that movie yeah
1: so what do you love about music
2: no i was joking yeah. with you
1: before like because we're both called anderson and i sent you a text with my my number and i was like hey it's garrett anderson no relation other than you you know music as the universal language yeah and I think that's one of my favorite things about it is like rhythm is innate and like melody is innate. And we're just as musicians, we're just sort of like conduits for the physical universe. We're banging on pieces of, of yeah. wood and metal and and using air through our vocals to like create something pretty and meaningful.
2: Yeah. Certain it, pitches, you know.
1: Yeah. Um, it it It's mind boggling. Like I like to, to, to
2: kind of meditate on it is on it. It's it's something that's innate and primitive that just calls to you.
1: Yeah, I feel like it transcends time. Exactly. I feel like I'm connected with, like, my caveman ancestors yeah, as totally. well as, like, our robot-human hybrid um, yeah. <laughs> progeny <Yeah. laughs> a couple of generations from now.
2: <laughs> yeah. But it's it's one of those things where there's nothing that moves you like, like listening to a song that you really love. Mm. And... There's nothing that feels better to me than playing a song that makes you move, and it's, or even like the process of writing a song mm. is.
1: How do you come up with your ideas? Um, and do you want to do you want to explain a little bit sure. about your process? I'd be curious to compare notes.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's songs. You know, they come in so many different ways. You, sometimes I hear a chord progression on the radio, and then I start humming a different melody, mm-hmm. or I come up with a cool phrase in terms of lyrics because you can get melodies from lyrics because of the syllable phrasing. You know, absolutely. And so, if you've come up with a cool song title, it's like, oh, this this song title kind of tells you what the song's about, and then you have the basic theme, and it's also really eye catching. And so from there, you can write lyrics, and then you can write a melody. But then sometimes you just come up with a cool chord progression or riff. And so it's all these different ways, Mm -hmm. which I'm totally okay with because I'd feel like I'd run out of ideas or write the same stuff if it's always the same way, you know? Mm -hmm. You have to keep refining ways to write songs
1: I, I got that advice from um, a, fr- a friend um, recently and this was again around the same time that I was launching the podcast I was just trying to go through this period of like honest self-assessment so I was giving these um, half-baked demos to some like just like close confidants and people that I would trust their opinion of and I yeah. knew that they could tell me like you know just straight up and this girl said uh, she was commenting on a couple demos that I sent her and uh, she was like I get the sense that you're you're writing in the same way usually. Like you start on the acoustic guitar and then you add some 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 vocals and blah 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 blah. I said, yeah, that's that's a good intuition. That is how I kind of started doing all this. Mm -hmm. And she was like, well, I'd be curious to hear what you could come up with if you mixed it up. Like do the music first, or have someone else do the music and then you bring the lyrics, or you know, figure out get a drum machine and 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 start with a drum beat. And I'm like oh cool I gotta go try that so I took her feedback and ran with it and you know, kind of got uh, you know, programs on my computer and got the keyboard hooked up and really expanded it from just me sitting down with the acoustic um, and a pad of paper mm-hmm. and, and, and going that route and man has it opened doors it's really cool to, to, to feel this new avenue of expression so I'm, I'm glad to hear that that works for you too is, is, is keeping your mind open to lots of different ways of doing it
2: yeah and it keeps things fresh you don't get stale. You don't get tired of like, ah, I've done this chord, chord progression before. But mm-hmm. if you do it in like a different way, like a different voicing or like on, on a different instrument, you know, on ukulele and piano instead of guitar, it it's fresh. Mm-hmm. It, it keeps you stimulated. You mm-hmm. keep like, oh, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and plus, it gives you a different dimension. It gives you a different, um, makes your song different mm-hmm. each time mm-hmm. instead of the same thing
1: and do you find that you're kind of sitting down and once you get that germ of an idea are you kind of going start to finish i mean we talked a little bit about rewrites but in terms of lyric writing like your your lyrics are strong and they're interesting and they've got some cool like twists and turns and good turns of phrase and thank you um and uh i'm just kind of curious like do some of them pour out and some of them are more labored
2: um definitely but overall like so I've only had a few songs that I've written where it's like came out in one gulp. It's mm-hmm. usually like chiseling away. Mm-hmm. It's just like, did, 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 okay, done for today. Mm-hmm. And then did, did 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 you know, probably like depends on the song. Some songs are, you know, kind of difficult to get out. But once it's usually like, I want to say like five to 10 different writing sessions. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Working through
2: it. Yeah. And then you just got to get, get to a point where it's like, okay, I got the verse, chorus, bridge, and then from there, you have kind of like everything in place. And it's like, okay, is this concept cool? Mm-hmm. Is the song title good? Is the lyric strong? And you just keep re editing it and keep rewriting and keep changing things and being like, okay, what's the message? It's always questioning yourself. But, but, you know, at the same time, don't be insecure about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that balance where it's like checks and balances where you make sure it's good, but at the same time, believe in yourself.
1: Mm hmm embrace the process of it exactly right say hey it's okay that i'm one of the ways i kind of think about it sometimes is like all right this is like a green light mode and it's Mm -hmm. like any idea is good this is the mode where you say oh i've got this you know it seems cool to me at the moment so let me hit record on my voice memos on my Mm -hmm. phone and just capture the idea and then maybe later on it's yellow light mode and you're like hey let's revise this let's let's question it again exactly so i i this is something that I'm learning is um, an area of opportunity for me because I love green light mode when it comes to music. Mm-hmm. It's like the only thing in life that I'm green light mode about. Like everything <laughs> else, I'm like, hold on, let me think about that before I do it. Like yeah. I'm a pretty tentative person otherwise. But when it comes to music, I'm like, I just want to write a new song. I just want to write yeah. and p- perform it and play it and go out. I was telling you before that I was trying to rework some of my older songs and figure out how to make them sound as full as possible and and as interesting as possible in my own like solo show so it's it's really really productive and constructive to revisit and that's something that i think i've been neglecting so it's it's cool to hear that um there there is there's value in it and you don't have to be insecure about it it's not saying the way i used to do it sucked no it's saying we need to like we we have an opportunity here to abide by the process and come out even better for it
2: exactly and It's growth It's a a process Mm -hmm. You know And and You you shouldn't beat up Beat up yourself Ever After a songwriting session If You know There's been sessions Where you write for two to three hours And you're not gonna use Any of that For (laughs) a song Right But It's just to me It's like practice Yep Keeping in practice Exactly It's a skill Like anything else
1: Keeping those muscles uh, Pumping
2: Exactly Yeah Then just drink some Protein shakes after Where it's <laughs> yeah That's where you're done writing
1: Hydrate Yeah Especially here in Phoenix Yep um, You've got a cool vocal delivery too um, And I think I've heard before That you mentioned Frank Ocean Is one of
2: your yeah. influences Definitely definitely.
1: Um, like so How did you kind of find your voice?
2: There's a while there Where I kind of sounded like other artists And you kind of have to During the nebulous phase uh-huh. Of me as a singer songwriter you kind of just have to figure out your identity to me the to me singing is like talking and that's your pure voice so you just need to find a way to okay it's it's a feedback loop it's like okay figuring out is this how i actually sound like and what sounds good, what doesn't. And then you just go back to the drawing board again. Mm-hmm. And and it, and it took me a while to figure that out. But once I did, I was like, you know what? That's my voice. Just sing how I sing. Mm. Don't think about anyone else. Don't think about what's cool. Mm-hmm. Think about what is you. And once I figured that out, and then, then from there just focused, focused on vocal training and delivery, it really helps to have record yourself but also have that studio um, producer hearing you having this like Mm. unbiased second set of ears listening in and being like okay this is what you know work on your delivery on these words this phrasing and stuff like that oh this at this part you should belt or at this part sound more breathy and up close and intimate with the mic Mm -hmm. and having that there is a very valuable tool to discover what your voice is huh. and then from there you can learn how to be like okay on this song on this part i want to sound breathy and you have the muscle memory to do it right and it's one of those things that doesn't happen overnight just requires repetition and practice and getting your butt kicked a few times and <laughs> right do you do you,
1: do you do vocal exercises and vocal warm-ups and stuff every day yeah oh good
2: yeah it's very important especially breathing right a oh, lot of breathing right. breathing is extremely important
1: yeah and did you have fun um, in the studio recording vocals? Um, I mean, like you said, it, it kind of kicked your butt uh, a little bit. It does but bad. You you do a good job. Everything that I've heard that you've got recorded is is uh, you know it's it's on point.
2: Thank you. Uh, it, it, the final product is fun, and I do enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. But when you go do vocal a vocal session, it's it is frustrating. But at the same time, it's. Invaluable. Exactly. Yeah. And you learn and it's worth it. Yeah. Because you're like, okay, this is the best I can do right, with this vocal performance on this song. I'm okay with it and I'm glad I went through all those hurdles instead of, you know, just settled on something that was inferior. Mm-hmm. And uh, talking about settling into your own voice, one of the things that I
1: learned for myself in the last like two years or so is um when i'm playing pub gigs and bar gigs sometimes i'm playing so many cover songs that i sort of forget my own voice <laughs> and i'm like i have a couple original songs where i i can turn to them and i i know that if i perform this song it's gonna center me back into my my true voice cool and it's it's really really uh, a fun trick for me to to remind myself of because um, you know like we were talking about before with playing cover songs um you know, you're kind of. You can perform them in a in a way that's genuine to yourself. Of course, that's like a a very, like high level of of way of doing it. Um, but sometimes we're mocking other people, uh, imitating, not mocking, like making fun of, but like imitating. Yeah, that's like true. a mockingbird. Um, the other thing you said was uh, singing is like speaking, and it reminded me of Will Ferrell in Elf when she, that woman's <laughs> like, I don't know how to sing. He's like, Sure, you do. It's just like talking, except you. Um, except you, uh, say it longer and change your voice around and go up and down and say, I'm singing and I'm standing here and I'm singing. I'm at a store
0: (laughs) and I'm singing. Yeah. 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 No singing.
1: (laughs) So, uh, what, what's
2: your website? Where can people check you out? BenAndersonMusic.com. Cool. And then BenAndersonMusic on Facebook. Instagram. Those are the two main social media outlets that I have. Mm -hmm. And... Cool. Yeah, stay tuned for Goodbye Serenity. That's the new single and music video. We're in production right now in terms of music video. The song's done. But we're shooting the music video in the next couple weeks. And I think what's going to happen is that since we talked about how it's going to be... It's going to be a three-song trilogy. Mm -hmm. And it's all going to be kind of the same storyline. What we're going to do is film the third single... Music video around the same time. It's kind of like the I think didn't they film all the Lord of the Rings movies all at once and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's kind of like the same approach, but no rings and nope. volcanoes and short people, right? Short hairy dudes. But uh, <laughs> so and that the third single is titled "Lukewarm," and so you got the beginnings of the character with goodbye serenity and losing innocence, and then lukewarm is about being numb. Having everything you want, but then you realize you have nothing, mm. and it's like you're numb. And you're between feeling and death. <laughs> but so that's that's the, the the third and final single, and then Clay Pigeon is like the last one chronologically, but it's the first release. Okay. Yeah.
1: Ah, very cool. Yeah.
2: You're an artsy guy, and I like that. Thanks. And it's
1: reminding me of some of the artistic instincts that I had in my youth that i may have let slip away a little bit and t- talking to you is is helping me reconnect them yeah to the artist
2: inside of me go back to it and it, it it's like frank ocean and why i like frank ocean and like david bowie so much is that they're artists and their music's like an art piece and they're not the most flashy musician musicians out there at all neither am i <laughs> i'm not known for musicianship at all but what i'm known for is being able to craft art mm. and having it access go through a medium that can go to a lot of people and that's what i want that's what i that's my ultimate goal is to create art that gets to people's souls mm-hmm. and gets to their mind mm-hmm. yeah.
1: where i think i might have started straying is i th- i think partly a product of pub gigs and bar gigs is like I'm trying to perform in a way that's accessible to everyone exactly. rather than going with the artistic instinct to produce something to the best of my ability and then letting folks that want in on it in on it. Yeah. Like I think I've gotten a little bit, my focus was a little bit too much on trying to appease everyone else mm-hmm. rather than let my art come through me.
2: Yeah, and what I like to do when I do, because I do those gigs too, is do those pub, coffee shop gigs, is try to make those cover songs that everyone wants to hear, finding that balance of like making it kind of my own, mm-hmm. making it your own, but also still making it appealing and not weird, you know. Mm-hmm. It's gonna put people off.
1: Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm 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 a big fan of performing, and I I always try Likewise. to jam it out. Yeah. Um So I'm not like. I don't come home from a gig and cry myself to sleep or anything (laughs) (laughs) or, or uh, feel like the artist inside of me is dead. But uh, I I think it does need a little bit of TLC and a little bit of, uh, you know, just sort of um, some room to breathe. Definitely. Uh, This is cool. Anything else you want to talk about? I could keep going for hours, but uh, we should probably wrap it up. uh, Sure. Eventually.
2: Um, What's a good way to check out this podcast?
1: this podcast yeah. uh it's you can subscribe to it on iTunes cool um and i host it on SoundCloud and then through SoundCloud if they're still around apparently there's been some rumors uh, on the internet that Twitter or not Twitter um Facebook right um well SoundCloud apparently had to have layoffs and they only had enough money to operate for another 50 days or something oh, that wow. was the rumor on Twitter yesterday so I'd be a bump I'd I'd have to figure something else out if SoundCloud up and disappeared in, in two months. Mm-hmm. But for now I host these on SoundCloud and then they RSS over to uh to iTunes. Oh, cool. So cool. Yep. Yeah. So SoundCloud or iTunes are, are the two main ways of getting it. I don't know. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I hear people talk about other things where you can kind of sync up the media and just listen to it from wherever. Uh, uh, I should explore that. But
2: it's a it's a awesome uh tool to use podcasts are a great way to like do monotonous things that you don't think about too much but you can listen to podcasts while doing it and it makes it way more exciting because i I love listening to podcasts when i'm like driving or like doing the dishes yeah exactly i have to hand wash my all my dishes because we don't have a dishwasher at my place so i have to i have to go to town on some Pots and pans, so right. it's good to have something to listen to, and then stimulates your mind while you're able to yeah. do monotonous things like washing the dishes.
1: What are some of your favorite
2: podcasts? I like the Joe Rogan one a lot. Yeah, I listen to that a lot. Yeah, that's that one's my favorite. And then I also listen to a couple of sports ones. Okay. Yeah, the which is when I want to not think as much. I like there's like the stim, you know, the ones that I like to think, and then there's the ones I don't want to think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, just sort of ear candy to, to wash over you. and Yeah. Yeah, that's funny you should say that because I, I, I make that appeal myself. I'm like, hey, pop this on when you're doing dishes or uh, you know on a commute. And I, I even said I try to produce them such that they're loud enough that while you're vacuuming, you can still hear the voices. Because <laughs> that's my one criticism of a lot of podcasts is it's hard to hear them when you're vacuuming definitely <laughs> one of my favorite times because i don't like vacuuming but so if i have to do it i'll try to entertain myself
2: definitely i learned pretty early on performing to like be close enough to the mic where everyone can hear you yeah and i hate being at places where there's public speaking and microphones and they're not far they're not close yeah. enough to it and you can't hear them and you're like okay the speech might be interesting but i can't freaking hear them right right
1: yeah oh Mic dynamics. Yep. So many nuances.
2: in art. Yep. Yeah. Some people have that down to freaking science.
1: Yep. Yep. I think, hey, what are you doing? What oh. are you doing? The doggy wants to go out. Jack, use your door. Hodor, Jack. Go, show Ben. <laughs> show off. Go use Hodor. Yes, he's going to go do it. Doggy door is new here, so he's it's taking him some getting used to. New concept. Yeah. I think he's going to do it. I can see out into the backyard. I'll see if he pops out. Uh, yep, there he goes. Good boy. Uh, good Jack. Right on. Well, Ben, it's been a pleasure, man. I think we've covered some good ground. Um, maybe we can do it again sometime. Sounds great. And uh, we'll, we'll figure out a way to splice in either like a performance or uh, one of your tracks as like intro and outro music to this. It sounds Kinda great. Kind of do that after the fact. But this has been awesome. Thank you. Thanks, man.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Clay Pigeon Are you okay? Not a question Despite what they say When the sun is down Free on the run Second to none now that I'm gone, bleed the second. Thank God for my God. I'm feeling okay. As the world turns its back to the sun The night sits in the cool moon Rhythms beat as one Something special about you, pretty notes all the time, they don't make a melody. You know our music so right when it's the only song I sing. And I can't look away from that fly freckled face You are so, so perfect, so perfect, so perfect, so perfect You're perfect, you're perfect In my eyes, you're perfect
2: In my eyes, you're perfect
0: In my eyes You're perfect Tonight is no fantasy
2: There's love
0: songs And there's the truth But if you dare Discover me Forever I'll hold on to you And I won't look away from that beautiful face You are so, so perfect So perfect So perfect So perfect You're perfect You're perfect In my eyes, you're perfect In my eyes, you're perfect In my eyes, you're perfect